Hello, happy Monday, July 25th. We're almost to the end of another month in 2022. It's crazy just how fast this year has, has flown by, excuse me. Um, you all have also made it. We're now fully into off-season mode, only three episodes a week for you all. I'm going to try my best each week to post my episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, if I don't do that, I apologize. It would probably be something like, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, something like that. But my hope and my goal is to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. For today's episode, we're going to look at a player down in Wilkesbury who could make the jump this year, but I do want to temper some people's expectations with someone like, like this player because I've seen some lofty projections for him. We're also going to get into some of the Penguins franchise records, and if players on the current team right now have any chance of breaking those records. And we'll also get to um, a poll that, well, a defensive defenseman rankings fan survey that Jay Fresh posted today. Jay Fresh Hockey, you can please go follow him if you are not already on Twitter. And I'll look at where Chris Letang landed and I'll give my thoughts on, um, you know, why he just continues to be underrated by not just, I think, some of the hockey media, but by just fans around the league. So that's all coming up for today's episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LNRS for Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That is Bet Online where the game starts. Again, uh, thank you all so much for a wonderful um, season of this show. I believe this was now the, re- the end of season three of it. Um, just record breaking numbers this month so far on um, the listenership. It's up 50%. Compared to where we were in June, um, I, I can't thank everyone enough. Whether you've listened to one or two episodes, or you know every single episode this month, or just going back numerous months before that, um, I really appreciate your support, and I, and I love interacting with you know all the listeners on here. Um, again, next six to seven weeks, it's going to be three days a week up until about mid to late September, um, and then we will be back to everyday episodes. I, you know. Honestly, I you know if if I had to do five a week up until training camp, um, I, I don't know, man. I, I think I would almost. I don't think I'd be able to just because I'd run out of stuff to talk about. I think the three a week right now, and I'm able to, you know, get some good topics in there. You know, my goal for you all, I'm gonna try to bring on a player if I can. You know, this next month, month and a half, uh, maybe two. That would be would be awesome. But you know, my my one of my goals right now is to bring on um, another member of the Pittsburgh Penguins after I brought on Brock McGinn. Last summer, if you did not listen to the show at the time, you can go check that out. I believe it was, you know, episode, I don't know, 300 or something like that. But let's get into our first topic for today's show. And that is, you know, I've been getting this question a lot from some listeners. And, you know, they're wondering, you know, can Alex Nylander make an impact for the Penguins? Actually, you know, he he played well in Wilkesbury after he got traded to um, the Penguins from the, from the Blackhawks. Remember, the Penguins gave up Sam Lafferty 
for Nylander. And, you know, the Penguins, you know, for, for at least down in Wilkesbury, Nylander led them in points, 42 points in 67 games. Uh, well, he was tied with Valtteri Pusin, but also led them in goals with 22, shot about 15% this year. Um, seven of the, so only seven of the goals were on the power play. So 15 of the 22 um, were even strength goals. You know, I think that's, you know, pretty important to point out. Um, you you look at the underlying numbers overall for him as an NHL player, and you know they're not terrible. I guess you know his his last sample size was 2019-20 with the Chicago Blackhawks when um, he had 10 goals during that season. But you know when he was on the ice, the, the Hawks only had you know 49% of the shot attempts. Um, about 50-50 in actual goals for 47% of the expected goals, 47% of the swing chances, 48% of the high danger chances. Um, at least, you know, 56 of the actual high danger goals for, that's very good. His shooting percentage, 8.3%. So compared to what happened in Wilkesbury last year, um, you know, it's definitely, you know, it, it might regress a little bit. But, you know, again, 2019-20 was really the last time that Nylander um, was, you know, in the NHL. So, no, I've just I've read takes saying that you know he can he's gonna pop fifteen to twenty next year if he if he comes up and you know I I, I personally um I, I I don't see that because you know the, the leap back up to the NHL level is is very difficult especially from someone again who has not played in the league in the last couple of seasons again I understand that he had ten goals and twenty six points in sixty five games for Blackhawks that was by far his best season in the league that was his only full season in the league before that he had only played 19 games with Buffalo had three goals, six points. I'm not, I'm not a big uh, plus minus guy, but was minus nine. So that's, you know, not particularly good. Um, you know, you look at his, you know, chart from J fresh hockey um, 64th percentile for wins above replacement for a fourth liner, 83rd percentile when it comes to finishing, even strength offense, 43%, even straight defense, you know, about the about 50, 50, 50 in terms of, how he ranks against his peers, but you know, primary um, assists per 60, 76th percentile, goals four per 60, 70th percentile. Again, you know, those are two pretty good numbers, but again, you know, most of these are just from a sample size of 65 games. I do think the Penguins are going to give Nylander every available opportunity to make the team through camp. You know, I would say, obviously, outside of POJ, who's on a one way deal, you know, and you know, Drew O'Connor and Redeem Zahorna, he probably has. The best chance to make the roster, you know, forward. Well, I, I guess I'll just say that forward wise. Outside of Zahorna and O'Connor, I probably say he has the best chance to make the roster, but you know, it's really no guarantee. You know, is he just going to be in the press box every night at this point? I, I mean, I, I do think you know he's you know, he's a speedy winger. You know, can chip in a little bit offensively. You know, defensively, you know, he, he's fine, but you know, he, he he's just you know, he's had a lot of growing pains throughout his career and. You know, at this point right now, you know, I mean, I'm just trying to make sure, um, you know, he, he's you know, he's kind of out of those peak years that you consider to be, you know, um, in the NHL, like, you know, 22, um, 23, um, and all that. I'm just making sure at least, yeah, I mean, he's, he's 24. So, you know, this isn't someone that's coming up who's 19, 20. 21 years old. No, this is someone who's 24. You know, sure. Could you say he's in the prime of his career? Yeah, but this is, he's not in one of those peak, peak years that really, you know, come before, I guess, you know, 
the prime where he's, you know, still producing, but not as good as he did during his peak. You know, he's going to be 25 at some point next season. I think what, what you've seen so far is probably what you are going to get. I think at this point, I don't see him in my projected top 12 right now. Um, but, you know, that can change if he does have a pretty good camp and a pretty good preseason. Um, again, you know, they, 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 they got him so that he could, you know, rediscover his game a little bit down in Wilkes-Barre. They, they basically just, it was a flyer. Um, I should say, and, you know, credit to Hextall, you know, that ended up working out. Glafford didn't really do anything in Chicago and, you know, Nylander found his game a little bit down, um, uh, in the AHL. So, you know, now he's, you know, he's probably thinking bigger things. He wants to make the team. He wants to be in the lineup on an every night basis, you know, We'll have to see. I think if he does make the team, you know, maybe he scores five to 10 on a fourth line role. But, you know, the people that are sitting here, you know, telling me, or I've seen this on Penguin Twitter too, saying, you know, he, oh, he's going to pot 15 to 20 and something like that. And, you know, it's, that's not the majority of people. It's just a very low minority. Um, It's like, okay, temper your expectations of it. There's at least, again, a couple other forwards in the Wilkes, in in the system down in Wilkesbury who I would definitely take over um Nylander. so in terms of i guess perf- a percentage chance for you know if he can make the team out of camp you know i'm gonna go 35 percent yes 65 percent no i think at the end of the day he probably starts the season um down on wilkesbury um in my opinion so that wraps up this first segment of today's episode coming up in the next one we're going to get into some of the penguins franchise um history records and if some of the players on the current team um, could potentially break um, some of these. So before we get to that, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, um, and even golf. It continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, sp- scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. You can head to the Bet Online today to or use your mobile device to, to learn more about the trends in action. That is Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Okay, so let's do something a little more fun. Let's get into some of the franchise records for some different things within the Penguins organization. We're gonna—I'm gonna start out with this though. Um, when it comes to defensemen, I do not think many, basically anyone, is going to touch the records that Crystal Tang has right now. Um, it's closing on a thousand games. I don't know um, when anyone is going to break that record. Latang also has 144 goals in those games. Um, he broke Paul Coffey's record. A couple years ago, um, that record, um, you know, in terms of the next closest player on the team right now, Brian Dumoulin has 18. So <laughs> think of that as you will. Um, Letang also has 650 points. The second place, Paul Coffey, 440. After that, Ron Stackhouse, Randy Carlisle, Larry Murphy, Sergey Gonchar. You, you, there's some people that will actually argue with me or, or and other people that Sergey Gonchar was a better overall defenseman in this franchise history than Chris Tang. And, you know, I, I love Gonchar. I thought he was a perfect, you know, fit for the team way back when, you know, he was a little bit older, but still he was kicking pretty nicely. But, you know, finished with 54, 54 goals, 259 points in 322 games. Again, let's say 650 points in 941 games. Um, 
he takes everyone's lunch money um, in terms of records in this franchise's history. Um, also has the most power play goals among defensemen in franchise history, 46. Paul Coffey is next in line with 40. Um, all of the records I talked about for points for defensemen and all this stuff, um, I do not think those records will be broken for the next at least two decades unless they can somehow find a franchise defenseman in the NHL draft pretty soon. Um, you know, it's it's definitely a little bit bleak when you look at the defensemen right now in their system and all that. So, um, yeah, these records – they're going to be staying for a very long time. I think Latang, by the time his career is over, he's going to finish with well over 700 points. I wouldn't be surprised if he potentially hits 800 for his career. You know, it's going to be close. I think he has a chance. You know, but I, I'm definitely, you know, I going to say it right now 725, 750. Um, I think definitely 725. But I think you know maybe that 750 to 800 range is what he'll end with. You know, maybe potentially even more. Um, than that, but he's he's set to hit a thousand games actually this season if he does stay healthy. That's again, that's another record that's not going to be touched for a long time. So, in terms of you know, records among defensemen for this franchise, Latang has all of them and they're not going to be broken anytime soon. Now, in terms of goals, um, in franchise history, so Muriel Lemieux, um, leads obviously yeah, 690, Cindy Crosby 517, Evgeny Malkin 444. Um, obviously, the best you know the best chance that record has of being broken is Sid. It's going to be tight. Um, but, you know, if Sid wants to play until he's 41, 42, I think he would have a chance at grabbing. I do think, you know, remember Sid did his 500 um, earlier this season. I think, you know, he's, up, I think he can hit 600 by the end of his career. 700 is going to be tight, but, you know, I wouldn't put it past Sid to break that record. Now that record is, you know, stood in place for a very long time. Um, so we'll have to see. But again, you know, I would have to think if anyone's going to break it, it is in. In terms of Gino, I don't think he's going to top close to 700 for his career. He is set to hit 500 pretty soon. He's only 56 away. So would have to say, because he had 21 in a, and a half a season here, would have to say in the next two seasons, if he if he's able to stay healthy, um, Gino is also going to join the 500 club and be only one of three penguins in the team's history to hit 500 goals on um, assists. Mario also holds that record. 1,033 Sid is next up with 892. Sid is going to break um, 900 assists this season. He's only eight away. Um, he will, I think definitely break a thousand by, by the time his career is over. Um, I, I know in my opinion, I think Sid will have this record by the time his career is up. No, again, only a few away from 900. Um, after that, he'll only need what 133 um, by the time by the end of his contract, or you know, whenever he he still wants to play for the Penguins after that. Um, with how he um, is continuing to produce at a point per game, I know the production is going to drop off a little bit, uh, but I do think he is he's going to break that um, in the next few years uh, points. So this one's a little more interesting. So Lemieux 1,723. Right there, Sidney Crosby, uh, 1,409. So Sid, well on his way to 500. He's gonna have that very soon. Um, you know, I, you know, I think Sid, again, I just said it, he'll hit 500, 1,500. I think he'll hit 1,600, 1,700. I think that's gonna be a little bit tougher. You know, does he have a little over 300 more points left in him by the time his career is over? Not gonna bet against him, that's for sure. I think, in my opinion, he's probably gonna come up a little bit short. 
Um, but I think, again, if anyone has a chance to take down this record that Mario has, um, it is him. Gino, he's closing in on 1,200. He should, if he's healthy this season, um, Gino should hit the 1,200 point mark um, by the end. And then I think, you know, he has the potential to potentially hit uh, 1,300. I don't know why I just said potentially two times in a millisecond, but um, I think Gino by the end of his career hits 1,300. I think Sid, you know, 1,600 for sure, maybe a little bit over that. Um, and, you know, just just because I love looking at this site, um, I'm just going to make sure here, most NHL points of all time. You know, with where Sid is right now, he's, he's set to pass – a, a lot of players this season, you know, right now he's tied with Dale Howarchuk for 21st all time, one point behind Alex Ovechkin for 20th all time. I think if both Sid and Ovi are healthy this season, I think Sid eventually passes him for good. Um, Doug Gilmore is at 14-14. Sid is going to pass him. Adam Oates, 14-20. Brian Trottier, um, 14-25. Sid's going to pass all three of those. Timu Solani, he's going to pass him, I think, this season. Stan Makita, if he continues at a point per game, he should pass him. So, you know, by the end of this year, Sidney Crosby, there's a very high chance that he's going to be top 15 all-time in for the most points in NHL history. After that, got Stan Makita at, um, actually, no, excuse me, got Paul Coffey at 15-31. I think Sid will eventually pass him. Mark Recchi, 15-33. Joe Thornton, 15-39. Ray Bork, Phil Esposito, um, Sid, he is going to get into the top 10 in NHL history for most points. Joe Sackick, 1641. I think he can definitely pass him. You know, then it just gets it a little bit dicey. Mario, 1723. Does it just talk about Steve Eiserman, Marcel Dion, Ron Francis, Gordy Howe? You know, Sid's going to keep climbing the board, but, you know, it's just, it's how high, you know, just how realistic it is to, for him to, you know, get in to the top 10 um, shorthanded goals. Mario Mew has 49. No one out. No, that record is going to never be broken. I will say that here on this episode, no one in the history of this franchise will ever break that record. 49 for Mario. Who's after him? Jordan Stahl at 13, John Provost at 14, uh, Maxime Talbot at 12. I, I, I honestly did not even know that Max Talbot had 12 shorthanded goals. If you if you would have asked me how many he had as a penguin, I probably would have said like six. Had no clue he was in the top ten all time in that category for the Penguins. Ryan Malone is up there. Bob Barry, Yarmir Yager had nine. Marty Straka, game winning goals. Um, it's a three way tie right now with Crosby, um, Malkin, and Yager. Actually, they all have seventy eight. Um, I think by the end, I'm going to go a little bold. I think Evgeny Malkin is going to have that record in Penguins history. I know. Um, Sid has, I think Malkin was above Sid before, um, you know, the latter was eventually able to tie it. Um, but I do think Malkin is going to take this record. Both of these players are going to pass Yager. Um, this year, power play goals, 236 for Mario. Malkin's at 162. Sid's at 153. Um, I, I personally don't think this record is going to be broken anytime soon. Um, Malkin has a chance, but, you know, he has, you know, if my math is correct here, so 26. So he needs what 74 power play goals by the end of his career. You know, probably not. Uh, I think that record is going to stay for a very long time. Here, here's a good one though. Penalty minutes. Kevin Stevens, 1,048. Malkin is at 1,008. Um, I, I think Malkin is eventually going to get this franchise record. He's second all time in it. Um, only he needs 40 more minutes. 
um, with how he takes penalties at this rate. And I know people love to come after him for that. Um, I, I do think by the end of his career, he will have that franchise record um, over Kevin Stevens. Even strength goals, Mario finished with 405. Sid's at 360. Again, wouldn't put it past Sid, but I still think Mario is going to keep that record. Um, here is a cool one, though. I did not um, – I, I, I've not really thought about this stat. So Mario Lemieux is all-time uh, – for most shots in franchise history, 3,633. Sid is at 3,539. So needs, what, 94 more? Um I say he does that. I think I think Sid is going to break that record by the time his career is over. Um, he averages enough shots per year um, to break the record, I think, in the next three to four years. Um, I, I do think Sid is going to have that record by the time it's up. Um, you know, looking at sh- shooting percentage here, Peter Neb- Nebdet all time with 19.8. No one, I don't think anyone in the franchise's history is going to break that. Hat tricks, Mario going to keep that record, 40 all time of Guinea Malkin is at 13, City Crosby 12. Um, that that record will never, ever be broken. So there's definitely some records on here that you know I think will be broken, but there's a lot on here that Mario have Mario has, excuse me, that it's like, wow. Just just it just makes you forget, it just makes you remember, excuse me, how dominant he was when he played. Um my opinion, greatest hockey player to ever touch this earth. Um, I'll die on that hill for everyone. But um, that wraps up this second segment, looking at some of the Penguins franchise records. If you have some other franchise records that I did not get to, you know, touch on them in the YouTube comments. You can DM me on social media and that stuff. Would love to hear from you all. Um, if there's other ones that uh, I guess I just didn't really um, find or, or get to for this segment. Coming up in the final segment, we're going to get into um, Jay Fresh's um, defenseman rankings from a fan survey um, and touch on what I think and you know just why Latang was definitely underrated by a lot of fans. So stick around for that coming up here in the final segment. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So let's hear, let's get to this fan survey poll. I, you know, I, I did voting it if I, I do not remember all the results off the top of my head. But so Jay Fresh does this annually, does a fan survey, just ranking the top defensemen in the league. Um, number one, Kel McCarr, Victor Hedman, Roman Yossi, Adam Fox, Charlie McAvoy, very respectable top five. I do think those are the five best defensemen in the league. No problem there. Mero Haskin at six, you know, I'd maybe put him a little lower, but he is a top 10 defenseman in my book. Eric Wad seven, Fine. Jacob Slavin. Okay. You know, then it starts to get interesting. Maurice Sider at nine. You know, I like Maurice Sider. He is going to be a top 10 defenseman for many years to come. Probably will be a top five defender for years to come. But, you know, he, he mainly just has one full year of a sample size. Is he already a top 10 defenseman in this league? You know, eh, you know I, I guess I don't see it just yet. Quinn Hughes, while I like him, he is not a top 10 defenseman. Devon Taves, 11. Okay, well, that's fine. Tomas Shamat, I think he's just outside the top 10. Zach Wierenski, I don't think he's a top 15 defenseman in this league, even though I do think he's very good. Petrangelo, 14 is kind of weird. Dougie Hamilton, 15. And then we finally get to Chris Letang. So in terms of where I would rank Letang, I mean, I would put him over Dougie Hamilton, over Alex Petrangelo, over Zach Wierenski, over Tomas Shabbat, um, 
over Quinn Hughes and uh, Maurice Seiber. And I would probably make an army to put him over Devon Taves. I think, in my opinion, he should be put in that 8 to 10 range um, for, for that fan survey. You know, am I going to sit here and say that Latang is a top five defenseman in the league? No. You know, I think the top five that the fans, uh, that most of the fans had, that, that the, res- the results came out. It's a very good top five. I do not think Latang is better than those five players. You know, Haskinen, I think he's probably a bit better than Latang at this point. Aaron Eckblad can certainly make the argument. Jacob Slavin can certainly make that argument. I think the rest of those players, though, like Cider, Hughes, Tave, Shabbat, Renzi, Petrangelo, Hamilton, I would take Latang over those players right now. So I would probably have him at number nine. On this list, um, he's the only Penguin player to even appear um, on the top 32. Rightfully so. He's obviously one of the best defensemen in the league. And, you know, yeah, maybe it's a bit weird that I'm complaining that, you know, he's ranked just outside the top 15 in the league um, by a lot of the fans. But, you know, considering how he played last season and just how good the underlying numbers were, um, I, I just don't see how you leave him a little bit outside the top 15. And, you know, again, I, I would gladly make the argument that he should be in the top 10 still. I think he's going to have a very good year again next year. You know, maybe he doesn't put up, you know, 70 points, but, you know, 50, 55, 60, you know, I think that's certainly within range for the Tang, especially, you know, if, if Dumoulin does have a pretty big bounce back season for the Penguins, you know, I would not put a past Tanger to have a good year. And, you know, again, this just goes to show, just how underrated Latang is by so many fans. And, you know, I had some mouth breathers come in my mentions and tell me, well, you know, he's overrated by people in Pittsburgh. And I mean, that's just not true. I think people in Pittsburgh just want, you know, other people outside the city to, you know, give him his due credit because he is one of the elite players at his position in this league and not enough people talk about it. I think that's all, you know, of what, you know, we're, you know, I guess what I'm saying um with that so just wanted to briefly touch on that give my thoughts um again wish i could say i was surprised but um i'm not you know people again i I really i judge a lot of people with their hockey takes with the way they talk about chris letang um if you don't think that he makes the team better or if you think that he's a turnover machine well without bother looking at data um you know i'm sorry to say that i probably just won't take your opinion that seriously unless you just actually show me data um, when it comes to dumping on him because you know sure does he have stupid turnovers at times yeah any player does but you know the best players on the ice usually have the most turnovers that's just that that, that, that is how it works hot g- great players tend to make more high-risk plays than lo- lesser players um when it comes to you know the nhl so Wanted to end with that. Again, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. Um, remember, I will be off on Tuesday. No episode coming for you all then. Next episode will be on Wednesday. We're going to have potentially a top 10 prospects ranking for you all go into um, just my overall list and why I ranked everyone where I did. So look for that coming up on Wednesday's episode with a couple other things that I'm hoping um, to talk about for that one too. Again, thank you all so much for listening, and I'll be back with an episode on Wednesday.